from DynastyLeagueFootball.com and the DLF family of podcasts, this is the Super Flex Super Show. Your main source for strategy, speculation, player values, and all things Super Flex. With innovative strategies like QBX and the Super Flex Flywheel, exercises like Tinder Flex, Super Six, You're Nuts, and next week this week, the Super Show's Super Friends never lack the content you need to help you draft and manage your roster in the fastest-growing fantasy football format, Superflex, on the Superflex Super Show. Enjoy your DLF podcast and stay sexy and super flexy. Welcome to the DLF Dynasty Podcast with your hosts, Dan Myler, Ryan McDowell, and Matt Price. Yes, welcome in to the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I'm Dan, that's Ryan. Over there is Matt, episode 546 of the pod, week 14 edition of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. And uh, we are ready and raring to go for the fantasy playoffs, Ryan. It's uh, it's finally time where uh, the rubber meets the road, really. Yeah, I know. Uh, I was I was fortunate enough that it looks like a lot of my teams are going to make the playoffs. So now you know now the real season begins, and we'll see how uh, how the next few weeks play out. Yeah, the the season got a lot shorter right now, Matt. We're uh, we're playing a real uh, almost a daily game over the next few weeks as we try to bring home those dynasty titles. I imagine a lot of your teams are in the postseason as well. Yeah, this is a pretty decent season for all my teams that are competing. Uh, all the ones that are supposed to be win are in. All the ones that are supposed to be out are out. So uh, pretty pretty standard end of the season for me. But now we get into the you're one and done basically every week from here on out. So we'll be losing a lot of uh, uh, fantasy players, I guess, over the next couple of weeks, at least in the, the, the redraft sphere and dynasty. We look forward to the future. I had different kind of nerves throughout week 14, I had a lot of a lot of first round buys locked up, a lot of playoff spots backed up, locked up. I didn't necessarily need to win in week 14 to clinch that spot. So it was just injuries that I was watching for. And there was one player in particular for me that I was really worried about because a lot of my best teams have Debo Samuel on it. And when he went down on those late afternoon games, I cringed hard. I was in bad shape. In fact, Ryan, you and I spoke on the phone right after, and I guess I was as close to tears as I could be for for a player uh, <laughs> over a dynasty uh, on one of my dynasty rosters. That was a brutal injury. It seemed like maybe we got some good news, though, on Debo here just before we hit record. Yeah, Debo was in tears. Dan was in tears. <laughs> that was a rough one to watch. Um yeah, as always, we are uh, recording this on Sunday evening, uh, so we don't have uh, don't have the full report on the Debo injury. But yeah, as you said, sounds like maybe not as bad as uh, first expected, and and you know the expectation was that we wouldn't see him again this season. So uh, even if it means Debo misses uh, a, a couple of weeks, hopefully he's back for a 49ers playoff run. Hopefully he's back for some fantasy title games. That would be the best case scenario. Yeah, we we sidestepped a few injuries really today. There were there were multiple times on Sunday afternoon that I thought to myself, "Oh boy, how's that going to play out?" And guys came back on the field. So hopefully that holds out through Sunday night football and Monday night football and then really throughout our fantasy postseason. We get these guys that got us here to stay healthy throughout that postseason run and we can see who the who built the tr- truly the best team. So let's uh, let's kick things off this week. Uh, we got a good startup for you guys. The startup, and it kind of comes back to the whole injury thing we were just talking about. Not necessarily an injury that happened in Week 14, but a return that happened in Week 14. J.K. Dobbins back in that. Ravens backfield, Matt, and looked pretty good, I would say. 15 carries, 120 yards, and a touchdown. Wasn't part of the passing game. In fact, didn't get a target. But overall, looked like the explosive player that we've come to love in that Ravens backfield. 
Yeah, this is a player I know you and I, Dan, especially, were high on. Uh, I thought he had a potential to lead the league in rushing this year. Um, that obviously didn't work out early in the season. He had some hiccups coming back from the injury last season, kind of re-aggravated that uh, and missed the middle part of the season. But now uh, he looks like the J.K. Dobbins we knew and loved from before. We hope he stays healthy going forward. And uh, I'm really excited about this player uh, entering 2023. Um, I don't know about you, but uh, selfishly, I'm hoping a little bit like he doesn't blow up here down the stretch just so that I can buy a couple more shares, uh, you know, under market value uh, this offseason. Well, I think and I kind of mentioned this on Twitter during that game after he had a a hot start uh, on Sunday. I feel like J.K. Dobbins has a month to prove to the Ravens that they don't need to go shopping for a running back, that they don't need to draft a running back on day two or sign one of these free agents. This is going to be maybe the best or potentially the best running back free agent class we've seen in in years. Um, So you said as a fan, you're hoping he he doesn't blow up. I think if you've already got some shares, you should be rooting hard for J.K. Dobbins or he's going to be a backup in 2023. Well, I, I really don't see the backup thing. I could see them sharing that backfield. Um, even a third-round pick isn't going to come in and, and take all those carries. But I think all of us dynasty managers right now are thinking to ourselves that we want J.K. Dobbins to have the lion's share of the touches in that backfield. We want him to be the 75 80% guy, and that's what's going to happen if it's him and Gus Edwards. If it's him and a second-round pick, however – it's going to be closer to 50-50, and it might even swing the way of the rookie over time, especially if Dobbins continues to struggle with injuries. I'm not really at the point where I'm concerned about Dobbins completely losing the job unless it's injury-related, and I think that is still a concern. In fact, his biggest play on Sunday was a 44-yard just explosion up the middle of the middle of the field in the middle of that defense, and he took it to the right side, that right sideline. And I think it was just me because I searched Twitter for it. It felt like he was dragging his left leg slightly on that run. Mm -hmm. There was a little bit of a hitch in his giddy up. And that has to relay back to the injury that he suffered earlier this year that kept him out of so many games. And he still had the 120 yards. He still had that powerful four-yard rushing touchdown right after that 44-yard run. Uh, And he moved the pile throughout that entire game. So if we're looking at Sunday only, Ryan... J.K. Dobbins looks like he's back. And if you look at the box store score, he looks like a superstar once again. But if you look really closely, there are reasons for concern. And I'm kind of sharing a brain with you that, well, while maybe I don't think he'll completely lose his spot on that roster as a starter, he's certainly not, uh, not guaranteed anything in 2023. Right, and and that's you know I was probably going too far with calling him a a backup, but uh, I am concerned, and and I would definitely not consider him locked in as a twenty twenty three starter at this point. Uh, I do think he needs to end the season well, and the Ravens are one of those teams that that always consider themselves contenders no matter what. So if they look at that backfield, it's two years in a row now they haven't gotten production, and they've had to rely on you know veterans and. Uh, guys off the street essentially and uh that they're not going to want to do that for three years in a row so i think either they figure out that dobbins is is going to be reliable or they bring in some some stiff competition i mean going back you said looking at the box score the box score honestly is is actually a little concerning for me he has the 120 yards on just 15 carries he gets the touchdown but as you mentioned not even a target in the passing game I don't think that's going to change. That's a concern that's been there, not really necessarily because of Dobbins, but but because of this Ravens offense. That's just uh, the design there. Uh, but, you know, you're looking at 18 fantasy points on what was a, a great game. And it feels like for him to get above 20, for him to get up into that 25-plus uh, fantasy point uh, range, he's going to have to score at least two touchdowns. And obviously that's not that's not happening in most weeks. Yeah, it's certainly possible with a guy of Dobbins uh his his level of of, of uh power and you know his his running rushing ability, but nothing that we can count on. And you know, this offense it, it was kinda unique, I thought, really, the game plan, and that was forced by the, the Tyler Huntley injury. They had a rookie uh Anthony Brown finishing the game at quarterback. 
And then they they really turned to Gus Edwards late in the game to seal the game, get those couple of first downs that they needed. Edwards ended up with 13 carries for 66 yards. Kenyon Drake was the clear RB3 in the backfield, Matt. Just one carry for one yard and two catches for one yard. Like Ryan said, Matt, these tailbacks are not going to catch a lot of passes. I think it's a foregone conclusion that there will be another running back in this running back room next season. It really depends, though, on if that's a second-round guy or a guy that they pick in on day three in round four or five or six. Yeah, I mean, Drake is the guy that they have currently that is going to be that receiving back if, they, if, if they're going to have one. It, I mean, I, I think, and I'm sure you guys think, that Dobbins could do it, but they just they, they have not shown a willingness to do that ever, basically, uh, since he's been a Raven. So uh, they could add, add another guy to do that. Maybe they have a different offensive coordinator for some reason. You know, Maybe they move on from, from Greg Roman and they implement some kind of passing game for the running backs, but uh, it does not seem like that is really – in their in their philosophy right now um so you know maybe they add a passing game back like you said but it doesn't seem like this is going to be a a fruitful uh uh backfield for for getting receptions so while we're on the topic of this ravens offense i get we should we glanced over the tyler huntley injury of course lamar jackson it was he was injured uh, last week, and now leading into Sunday's games, the report came out that he could potentially week, miss week 15 as well with an eye towards week 16 for a return. This Huntley injury, he was put in the con- concussion protocol, of course, that really muddies the water of this Ravens offense as well, Ryan. We don't know who's going to be under center next week. It's obviously going to be a run-first offense, which helps J.K. Dobbins' short-term upside, of course. Um But really, when you look at Baltimore, as Matt said earlier, for two straight years, we've we've struggled with injuries. We've struggled with replacement level players playing skill positions, and that's bled all the way into their their biggest producer uh, as a receiver with uh, Mark Andrews. So, you know, really, when you look to Baltimore, there's not a lot to expect for fantasy production out of a team that it has eyes on the playoffs and maybe even a deep playoff run. Yeah. And I, I actually would expect Lamar to sit next week. They really, at this point, I don't want to say they have nothing to lose, but they can, they can afford, you know, getting this win on Sunday uh, Pittsburgh was actually favored uh, to win that game. So getting that win uh, puts them still atop the uh, the division, and, and they can afford to be careful with Lamar Jackson. So I, I do think he'll be out another week at least. And you're right, with the, the injuries to the receivers, with uh, Andrew's lack of production, which is related to all the other injuries, and among other things, it, it's crazy to say this is a team to avoid, but that, that's kind of the situation that – we don't really want much of this offense. It, it feels like overall it's lacking upside. Matt, anything to add there? No, it'll be interesting to see if Huntley gets back from this injury uh, or this concussion, if he can come back. Otherwise, we're looking at Anthony Brown. Uh, was he undrafted? I think he's an undrafted uh, yes, rookie. Yes, undrafted. Uh, yeah. yeah, undrafted from Oregon, something like that, I believe. I remember liking him as a – you know, almost like as a not, not a Lamar Jackson or probably not even a Tyler Huntley, but a quarterback that can do a little bit with his legs. But um, we didn't really see too much from him this week, and hopefully we don't have to see him start uh, next week. Yeah, next week the Ravens get the Browns. Of course, a Saturday game. We're, we're loaded with football. Up here in the Midwest, that's great because we got snow on the ground. There's not a lot to do here. Down there in San Diego, <laughs> even in Kentucky, guys, uh, you got things to do. We got three Saturday games to watch. We got Thursday night football. Sunday's it. loaded love with it. games. Monday night. It's going to be great here in the Midwest. I don't know about you guys <laughs> down there. Uh, yeah, so that really does it on that Ravens offense. Um, it's it's going to be fun to watch over the next few weeks. That defense is so good that maybe you're right, Ryan. They could they could afford to be without it, but they got the Bengals nipping at their heels. In fact, they're both nine and four. I don't know if they the, if you ask any of those uh, anybody in that Baltimore locker room if they can really afford a loss at this point. They're looking to get a home playoff game. Sleeper stash of the week. 
Yes, it's time for the Sleeper Stash of the Week, where we take a look at a player outside the top 200 in Dynasty ADP that you should consider stashing. And this week, I went with Kelvin Austin. It's really the, it's kind of the time of year to stash players for next year. Kelvin Austin, the rookie out of Memphis that got drafted by the Steelers in, I believe, the fourth round, guys. Uh, Been on injured reserve all year. Um, in fact, week one of the preseason, he got hurt in practice. So, But he was the guy that blew up the combine, a 4-3-2-40 time. He had one of the top broad jumps in the last 15 years, 11 feet 3 inches, and had a 39-inch vertical. He's only 5'8". He's a slight slot receiver, but he's very athletic and is very skilled when he gets the ball in his hands. I was excited about him coming into the season. He was a third, even fourth round rookie draft target of mine. He's hit the waiver wire in some dynasty leagues if, if they're not super deep. And he'd be a guy I'd be willing to stash with no Chase Claypool, room for a wide receiver three in Pittsburgh. Right now he's 209 overall in our ADP, wide receiver 90. But I think he has some upside for 2023 and beyond. So go out there and, and look for this guy, Kelvin Austin, rookie for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So he is our stash of the week, brought to you by Sleeper Fantasy, the fastest growing fantasy football platform in the world. It's built around a mobile interface, so it's easy to do everything league-related from your mobile phone, no matter how complicated your league or how many leagues you play in. Join millions of players today on Sleeper, the number one fantasy football platform. It's time for the Rookie Report. It's a perfect time for a rookie report right now, Ryan. We, we've, we've kind of avoided some of these guys in recent weeks, and we need to do some quick hits and look at some of the performances that have happened recently, especially from some guys that uh, have really shook up the, our game here in the last handful of weeks. Yeah, it won't be won't be too long before we're doing really those weekly rookie reports looking at the incoming 2023 class. I can't wait. And, and, I know. I know you guys are ready. We have uh, we've talked about so many of these rookies based, you know, on a, on a weekly basis. Uh, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave and, and the running backs, Hall and Walker and some of the others. But uh, there's a few guys that we haven't mentioned much at all uh, or at least much lately that I, I think are worth talking about. And we have to start with Jamison Williams. We you know, we saw him make his debut last week, just played a couple snaps. Uh, and then had the big touchdown on Sunday to kind of announce his presence. So I know he didn't didn't get a ton of play after that, but it was good to see uh, Williams on the field and making an impact. Well, he was he was wide open on that, on that play. Yeah. That was a busted coverage. We're not going to say right. he blew but blew the doors off anybody or anything. But you're right. He reintroduced himself. He's a guy that. I, I kind of think has slipped through the cracks just a little bit. Not so much that he's being dropped or anything crazy like that, but expectations from dynasty managers are nothing at this point, really. I don't think anybody's expecting to use him in their fantasy playoffs or or be able to uh, count on him to be that flex guy or even wide receiver three. So, so we haven't talked about him. And yeah, he got on the field a week ago. He only ran a handful of snaps and and wasn't, I think he was targeted once. Um, Now this week, he makes the big play. And like you said, reintroduces himself to the dynasty community. As I said, he didn't blow by anybody, but he certainly looked fast on that play, Matt. Certainly looks like a guy with that unlimited ceiling. He he was faster. He was fast enough that uh, Jared Goff still underthrew him, and he had to come <laughs> back to the ball. Like that could have been a touchdown in the middle of the end zone uh, if it was an appropriate place ball. Um, but they do. You're probably not gonna. I mean, I, you're probably right, Dan. You're probably not gonna use him at, at any point in these playoffs. But he was probably you know a late first round pick, a mid to late first round pick, probably on a contending team. And uh, next week against the Jets, that's a really tough matchup. But then the Panthers and the Bears are both very good matchups for wide receivers, at least have been uh, recently. So, you know, maybe you need that extra juice in the last two weeks of the, of the, of the year. I think, it's, I think it's not out of the, kind of the complete realm of possibility that somebody puts them, somebody, maybe even me, puts them in a lineup at the end of the season. Yeah, maybe he goes in the lineup. He's for sure a DFS option down the stretch. And I yeah. actually had him, had him in one DFS lineup. I picked the wrong quarterback in that game, though. Uh, so so no no big winner this week. But Jamison Williams, a guy, Ryan, that 
you know, just to give it back to you, we all know he's dripping with upside. We all know that he's that guy that can win you a week once healthy. Do you really? Do you feel like they're they're doing it right there in Detroit, bringing him back slowly, just a handful of snaps per game, a couple of deep routes per game, or do you think they should unleash this guy? Is they're they're kind of inching towards a playoff spot? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it it obviously depends on what his health is uh, is and is telling the team, but um, with the play that they've gotten from. St. Brown all season with the play that they've gotten in recent weeks from DJ Chark. Um, they're, they're going to be able to be careful with, mm-hmm. uh, with Jamison Williams, which I think is a good thing. And um, honestly, when you, when you made that pick in your rookie draft, you know, back in the spring or summer, you probably knew you weren't getting much, if anything from him this season. Anyway, uh, Williams dynasty value has really remained unchanged. Um his current ADP is is 56. That's based on uh, November ADP. Uh, we'll have December out December date out soon. But that's uh, it looks like that's his second or third highest. So it, it's basically stayed in that uh, fifth, sixth round range all uh, off season and into the regular season. So I don't I don't think uh, I don't think people are giving up on him at all in, in dynasty leagues from a long term standpoint. Yeah, and they certainly shouldn't. You mentioned Chark. And Amon Ross, St. Brown, even Josh Reynolds got into the action on Sunday. Six targets, five catches, 51 yards, and a score. Uh, while we're on the topic of the Lions, guys, you, I'm sure you saw the report that the that the Lions see Jared Goff as their quarterback in the future, even next season, that, that they may not target one of these young upcoming quarterbacks in that 2023 draft, despite having a very high pick from the Rams. Any thoughts on that, Ryan? I mean, we're seeing it on the field. You know, my my real concern with the Lions at this point is is not with the quarterback, but with the with that offensive coordinator. Uh, ben Johnson has done a great job for them, uh, and he's done such a great job that he's already getting uh, getting Buzz. mentioned as a possible head uh, head coaching candidate. So that's that's really my concern with this team is not whether they. Uh, upgrade at quarterback, but whether they can keep it going if they do, in fact, lose their offensive coordinator. Goff looks locked in right now. In the yeah. last uh, six games, hasn't turned the football over. Multiple touchdowns in three straight games, throwing for over 300 yards in the last couple, and looks like he's really, really got a good handle on what they're doing, what they're trying to do with all those weapons there in Detroit. We just a little bit when we see these teams that have have all these weapons at the skill spots and the quarterback seems to be to us a bridge quarterback well Goff now has been there for a couple years Matt and he's developed this rapport and if you watched hard knocks over the offseason you kind of feel like he's a big part of that team he's ingrained into that Detroit culture that they're building there and it makes sense that Detroit would back him right now while he's playing so well down the stretch this season yeah, and he he started off the season really hot, uh, playing really well, surprised everybody, I think. And then we had this stretch where uh, Sun God was injured and DeAndre Swift was injured and he looked kind of bad. And now everybody's back and healthy again. And then, I mean, he's back to playing how he was at the beginning of the season. You know, this this player that we saw during the Super Bowl run uh, 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 for the Rams uh, years ago, even better than that, to be honest with you. The deep ball is always going to be an issue for him. Uh, but he's he's operating the offense as directed. Hopefully, if they do lose that OC, then they continue and, and, and maintain the status quo there. He knows the offense now. He knows what he's good at, and hopefully the guy they bring in as the new OC, if that happens, will uh, continue to allow him to do what he's good at because it's clear that if they let him operate within that system, he can, he can get it done. Let's move on to the next uh, rookie that we need to talk about. It's Zonovan Knight, Bam Knight over there in New York, and they might have found a gem here. Ryan, 17 carries, 71 yards, and a touchdown. Caught a couple passes as well. It seems like we can probably we can probably slide Bayham Knight into our starting lineup down the stretch here because he looks awfully good between the tackles. Yeah, really, really feels that way. A couple weeks ago came into that game. Um, I believe that was when James Robinson was kind of the surprise inactive. Um, 
Zonovan Knight ended up being in that RB2 range that week. He was an RB1 last week. We'll see th- how things shake out, but uh, with with 70 yards and a touchdown, certainly going to be starter-worthy uh, in that offense. And, um, you know, we said it, it feels weird staying away from the Ravens' offense. It feels weird chasing that, that Jets' offense, but with Mike White and, and – um, and the rookies there in, in Knight and Wilson, that's really what it's become. Those are those are guys we want pieces of. And uh, Matt, a, a couple different times, has mentioned some nice matchups they have in the fantasy playoffs. So, yeah, it's, it's a pretty fun time to be, uh, to be a Jets fan and, and to have those guys on your roster. I think when it comes to Knight, the real question is, what's the long-term value here? And, and really, is there any? Because we know, uh, we know Brees Hall is the man once he's healthy. Uh, what you know what role does knight have once that happens i was saying yeah they do have some nice matchups down the playoff detroit though has been playing who they have next week has been playing a lot better from a run defense standpoint dalvin cook today held to 20 just 23 yards on 15 carries um so that shows you how much how improved this this lions run d has uh, how much they have improved. But then the f- two weeks after that, the Jaguars and Seahawks were still playable. As far as b- behind Brees Hall, man, I just I, I feel like he's going to be just that that priority handcuff kind of kind of in the the mold of uh, Alexander Madison kind of kind of range. But you have to remember also Michael Carter is going to be back and he's playing well and probably going to be you know wh- whatever receiving that Brees Hall doesn't get is probably going to go to Michael Carter. So I think we're going to have to count on Knight as mostly a handcuff if Brees Hall comes back and is the same Brees Hall we we know. He is completely agree. Exactly what I was going to say as well. Uh, Damian Pierce is another guy we have talked about Pierce certainly this season, especially after his hot uh, start to the year. But then he kind of had that that cold stretch, and there were concerns about the Texans' offense. There were uh, concerns about Pierce hitting some type of rookie wall, and uh, the past couple weeks he's he's kind of bounced back and. Uh, it's been encouraging if you've got Pierce on your roster, if you're thinking long-term about him. And and that's another question. This team is – it's this. they're not going to be contenders next year, right? This is going to be another bad year for the Texans next season. So how are we valuing Damian Pierce uh, this offseason, Matt? I don't, I don't know if you have thoughts on that one. I I think I'm going to keep him kind of where I have him in this mid to late teens, early 20s kind of range. Like we've talked about it a bunch of times already. We've got at least two, as many as five running backs that could come in and be top 20 running backs from a dynasty standpoint right as right away. So these some of these guys are just going to get pushed down. And, these you know, Houston's probably going to get – Bryce Young or whoever they desire at number one is their their brand new quarterback, and that's going to be an uptick for sure. But you know, still still a lot of questions in the receiving game. Nico Collins has come on. Brandon Cooks is he going to be there? Uh, they're going to have to draft some uh, some wide receiver talent or bring in some wide receiver talent as well. So it's going to be a rough uh, second year, I think too. Um, but he certainly flashed enough where I think we can count him as that running back two level kind of player next season. Um, but we've seen what the bad weeks look like. It looks like 15, I think it was 16 yards on 15 carries over a two-week span uh, a couple of weeks ago. So uh, we, we know the, the, the floor is low, but he seems to be that, that low-end running back two option for me. And I, every time I watch him, I still think to myself, he's the best player on that team, and he's 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 better than what he can even it's do. A bar, Dan. <laughs> uh, like, or better than he, – he gets more yards – than what's blocked every single time that he carries the ball. He runs so viciously, and I, I just wish he was behind a good offensive line because I, I think he'd be a, a top-five-type dynasty running back right now if that were the case, but but unfortunately he's not. Yeah, I think he's he's going to be like priority sell for me if I have him. Um, I this. How about Isaiah Pacheco? Is he going to be a a priority sell for you? He's been coming on strong of late. Looked real good again uh, against that Buccaneers front on Sunday afternoon. What do you think of him as Kansas City uh, navigates the beginning of their offseason? Where are we going to be there in about a month or two? Uh, I I don't know. I still think he's a sell. Yes, he would be a priority sell, but I don't think he's bringing you much. Um, I'm not even sure you can get a second rounder for Pacheco. 
I would I would take any second rounder for him. You know, it's just it's a lot of things. It's the limited upside with the lack of pass game involvement. It's the uh, the options in that backfield, and we'll you know we'll kind of see how that shakes out over the offseason. They've they've got to get that fixed though. Yeah, I think. Jarek McKinnon was taking all those receiving downs, right? He has yeah. been over the last for for all season long, really. And then on Sunday, seven catches for 112 and two touchdowns. Pacheco caught a couple checkdowns. And, uh, you know, turned it into three for 23. But I wrote about him in the in the rookie report card last week on DynastyLeagueFootball.com. And that's how I ended the, the article is that ride him for the rest of this season. He's probably going to be an RB2 for the remainder of 2022. But sell him the first time you get a chance at a second round dra- rookie pick. And I think those offers might be out there if he has a good run down the stretch here. He he's like he's like Brian Robinson, but on a good offense from a production standpoint. Obviously, different players. Uh, Pacheco is more athletic. Brian Robinson more of the the big grindy kind of guy. Um, but like, I just feel like the ceiling is low. We're chasing this running back on Kansas City's offense. You know, maybe uh, do, do you think they're going to spend a high draft pick on a running back? Because if they do, obviously Pacheco's out. But if not, then is his role going to be much different? And next season, it's going to be like this running back two level player that, you know, is going to have splash weeks, but mostly is going to be replaceable from a production standpoint. That's how I feel. I mean, I would hope they learned from that mistake, uh, spending a first rounder on, on Clyde Edwards, Alaire uh, yeah. a few years ago. I do think that was a mistake, not just because it was the player, but, uh, just because of the, the value of the position and, and the other options they would have had later. Um, so I, and honestly, even though they, they've been playing very well, I, I still think that's a team with a lot of needs. Their offensive line still has, has questions. Uh, it's a team uh, that, that relies on a lot of veterans. So uh, even though they're getting some high-level play you know, on defense and, and at receiver, they, they need some youth on that team too. So I don't think they use a first or second-round pick on, uh, on a running back, but I do think – I think they have to make some changes there. That's pretty but, clear. But, but what if Bijan's there? He won't be. <laughs> is no. he going to be a top ten pick? Is he? He's going to be yeah, top ten. Yeah, he? most like like top top uh, half of the first round, yeah, right? I think I think probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah top half. Uh, I would say. The last rookie we should talk about is Brock Purdy. Uh, Ryan, you put this segment together, and and I like what you put here. Early, he looks like the Cinderella story for Mister Irrelevant. Uh, That's a nice way to put it right now. Purdy looked good in relief a week ago. He managed the game very well against the Buccaneers. Uh, The 49ers just destroyed the Bucs. Purdy, 16 out of 21, 185 yards and two touchdowns. Had a rushing touchdown as well. I was in a tough spot losing Lamar Jackson. And uh, I didn't want to invest big in Purdy. and wasn't willing to put him in my lineup. I wish I had because he... Although it's a lot of checkdowns, he makes one or two throws a game, Matt. And he did it, especially after the Debo injury uh, on Sunday. He made a throw down the field to Ayuk on a, on a comeback route that, that looked like a professional throw. Zip on the ball, right on target, defenders bearing down on him. And he does this enough that you think, why the heck was this guy still available in the seventh round or at the end of the seventh round of the NFL draft? Yeah, I mean, and I don't want to take anything away from Purdy, but we we have him in this quarterback friendly system. We have him in a, in a in an offense where literally every player that that is a skill position player is a threat after the catch. So he's just got to be the distributor, and he's doing that really well. Um, I don't. We put here what we'd have to do to threaten Lance as a twenty three starter. I don't. I don't think that he. I, I guess I shouldn't say there's zero chance, but I feel like there's near zero chance that he's going to threaten Lance as the potential starter. Maybe he is competing there, but he certainly has made himself a lot of money as a backup uh, this, this, uh, on this stretch. So uh, I, I don't think it necessarily means they're not going to be able to make a Super Bowl run with this, you know, the, 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 the number one defense in the league. And like I said, all these skill position players that can do everything he needs to do, after, needs them to do after the catch. But I don't think he's a threat to be a starter for San Francisco. Yeah, I, I don't really think that either. Um, he, he, he's a threat to make Jimmy Garoppolo a free agent again, of course, that, that you know, they may maybe trust oh, yeah, this yeah, guy absolutely. to be the backup to Lance. I, but beyond that, even if they win the Super Bowl with this rookie, Mr. Irrelevant, 
Trey Lance has so many more skills that that they invested so much in. He just can't do it, right, Ryan? It. Yeah, yeah, I think I mean it's it's the ultimate long shot it, which makes it a fun story to to kind of cheer for, but I mean as far as what we really care about with this player, it's the next month, right? And we talked about it last week when we when we mentioned him not just because and not well, not really because of uh him or 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 his quality of play really, but just because of the quarterback landscape around the league. I think you can put him in your lineup as your quarterback too. I did that this week in, in a league and it worked out pretty well. You know, he gets you 16, 18 fantasy points and um, that's, that's probably close to his ceiling. Uh, but again, it's with, with so many quarterbacks dealing with injuries and some disappointing play, that's, that's not a bad thing. These uh, last few weeks of the season. It's time to set the line. Yeah, guys, let's set the line. It, it was a good week for, I would say, all of us, really, uh, last week on set the line. We, um, we were close to, to holding off Ryan from his com- com- coming back to, to overtake me once again. It looks like Ryan's going to end up 2-0, though, uh, unless we have some big running back finishes on Sunday and Monday Night Football, Matt. Yeah, uh, bad week for me. Zero and two. You you ended up one and one. Ryan looks like he's two and zero. Tyler Huntley was under the fifty six and a half yards. Sun God was under the twenty one point nine nine points. Uh, both Zeke and Pollard did finish as top fifteen running backs. Pollard three running uh, running back three. Zeke running back eight. Uh, on the season, Dan fifteen eleven right in the middle. Dan uh, Ryan has taken the lead of sixteen and ten, and I am bringing up the rear. Uh, by three games at twelve and fourteen, so uh, put a put a. Oh, you're done. Me, I think. All right, let's see. <laughs> I mean, it seems like it. I know we're going all the way. Are we? Are we going to the sure, Super Bowl? Are we going all the way to the Super Bowl? <laughs> Maybe I why don't you kick us off with the uh, with a week fifteen line for us? Yeah. Um, okay. So I'm gonna pull up Josh Jacobs. The line is gonna be running back ten and a half. So the line will be above or below running back 10 and a half in week 15. Josh Jacobs finished uh, has finished as a running back eight as the running back eight or better in five straight weeks, including a, a number, maybe two number one finishes, uh, just a couple of, of really strong games uh, in there, but at least running back eight or better in the last five um, next week against the Patriots. I think he's going to be finishing outside of the top 10. So I set the line at 10 and a half. Is he a top 10 running back or not in week 15? All right, the uh, the New England Patriots have not allowed a top 10 running back all year, it looks like, unless I'm missing someone. So I'm going to say over. Yeah, uh, I was, I was scrounging for that data as well. Um, looking at the finishes by those by that Patriots defense, and nobody's really jumping off. Uh, I'm going to say over as well. We're going we're gonna to push on that one for sure. I got a line for you guys, uh, and a lot of times when I set these lines, I look at the biggest – biggest performers from the current week and i don't think you can list the current or this current week's biggest performers you can't go very deep before you get to evan ingram he was pretty good i'm gonna i'm gonna set the over under at eight and a half fantasy points next week uh but this week 11 catches 162 yards and two touchdowns that second touchdown was impressive Defender draped all over him, had to tap his toes. It looked awesome. Most likely, if you're in a tight end premium league, uh, maybe in any league, I looked in tight end premium and PPR leagues, that was the top tight end performance of the season in your league, most likely. Better than the Kelsey three touchdown game. Better than that big TJ Hawkinson game. But he's got Dallas next week in week 15. They are the sixth best team uh, in fantasy points given up to tight ends not a lot of big performances against them so over under 8.55 fantasy points next week i'm gonna i'm just gonna say under i i love evan ingram i think he's had a couple of nice games in a row here but i think dallas probably stops him so i'll say under 8.55 
Yeah, I'll go with over. Um, Matt kind of mentioned it there. It's it's a couple good games in a row. He'll be the tight end one this week. Uh, he was the tight end four last week. Um, and and Trevor Lawrence is, is playing at a super high level as well. So uh, I'll I'll take the opposite of Matt and I'll say over on that one. Um, we've talked a lot about the 49ers team in this episode. I'm going to stick to that theme and talk about Christian McCaffrey. The line is going to be 23 and a half fantasy points for next week. Uh, next week, the 49ers play the Seattle Seahawks. That's actually on Thursday night. So we'll get a, we'll get a quick answer to that one. Uh, McCaffrey is averaging over 22 fantasy points per game in his, uh, I believe it's now seven games with the 49ers. That includes uh, that debut game where he was uh, lightly used, I'll say. So really impressive stretch for him. Um, so 23 and a half, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, it's hard not to take the over when it comes to CMC, even with a backup quarterback. He was he was so good against the Dolphins uh, in week 13 and, and just as good this past week or on Sunday uh, against that Buccaneers defense who a lot of people fear, but McCaffrey had 14 carries for 119 yards and a touchdown. And uh, although he only had a couple catches for 34, that that receiving touchdown he had where he bobbled it and still drug that toe uh, and kept it inside, inside the uh, white chalk, that was impressive. I have to take the over. I, I know Matt's going to take the over because he loves CMC, but I got to take the over. It, it's going to happen. Man, yeah, I'd really like to take the under just to be different and try to pick up a game here, but I just can't do it. He's, he's. I know we've made fun of it, but I still think he is the league winner. I know things have changed since that. You know, we've gone through these situations where Elijah Mitchell came in and was was taking a significant portion of the workload, but he's out again. So I think he's back to being that league winner. Uh, Seattle is the second worst team against the run, allowing the second most fantasy points. Uh, so, uh, both Chuba Hubbard and Deonta Foreman with 74 rushing yards today, 223 yards as a team for Carolina against Seattle today. So I have to say over here for CMC. Let's talk trade. Yeah, guys, let's talk trade. Um, you know, there's a lot of teams that, that are, in fact, Ryan, you reminded me in a phone conversation we just had, half the teams in Dynasty Leagues have been eliminated at this point, maybe even more than half, depending on how your your league is set up for the postseason. And we need to start thinking about the long term if we haven't already. So um, let's try to give some advice to those that are out there. Um, and they're, they're thinking 2023 and beyond, there's a lot of injured players that we maybe haven't talked about in weeks or maybe even months in the case of some of these players that have big-time, long-term upside. And when you think about that specifically, it's Brees Hall that comes to mind, right? He's the guy that, that has that unlimited upside, could be the RB1 any particular week, any particular season for that matter, it feels like. Of course, had the ACL ACL injury, Matt, and um, maybe even more more serious than a standard ACL injury. He's the sky is still the limit for this guy, and and running backs come back from this injury to to really not only their their former level of production, but maybe even take it to the next level as they mature in the league. Yeah, it's just he's going to be – I feel like he's going to be so expensive. You know, like he's going to be on a team – likely going to be on a team right now already that isn't contending. So what's the point of them giving them up? And if they are, they're probably going to want more than one first-round pick, if not oh, yeah. two first-round picks for him. Um, so I'm just not sure, you know, what the move is there. I think if he is for some reason on a contending team uh, that isn't counting on him, obviously, that, and you're not contending, then, you know, maybe you want to think about attacking now. Uh, as that team that is contending is headed to the playoffs, you know maybe they want that piece to to help push them over the top or at least add some depth for that 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 title run. Um, there have been a couple of trades along that line in the trade finder. We have DK Metcalf straight up for Brees Hall. I think that's probably a lock for Brees Hall. As much as I do like DK, you know Deontay Johnson in a first round pick for him. You grab a right receiver and a pick uh, for him. Uh, Derrick Henry a first and a third. So I think there are deals out there where you can make him if for some reason he's sitting on that contending roster. But otherwise, I think he's going to be very, very difficult to acquire, uh, even with the injury. 
Yeah, I, I agree. It, it's not a question of if I want Brees Hall on my teams. That's that's an easy one. Uh, it's do I want to pay up? And uh, again, we just haven't seen the value drop that you might typically see with with players suffering these injuries. Um, he had reached the the first round uh, in September ADP. Dropped out after the injury, dropped as low as 20, uh, 20 overall in October. And now in our December ADP, uh, he's he's back in the first round and, and actually, I believe, has a new uh, a new high mark for uh, for himself. So, yeah, the value is, is for Brees Hall is basically as high as it has ever been, really. And, and it will only get higher this offseason. So I'm I'm probably not paying up. For uh, him deservedly either. so, though, right? That. That ADP should be on the rise. He's he's closer to returning yep. than than his yes. injury at this point. If you're looking at it from a from a the next game played. One one other angle I thought about for this is probably not right now because Donovan is going to be the starter starter for the the rest of the season, right? But once we hit the non playing season, everybody's going to be about Brees Hall again. He's got this ACL and this meniscus. It's not the, quite the same as as uh, um, J.K. Dobbins went through, but it's a, a multiple ligament kind of issue. So maybe he starts the season slow. Maybe there's a window in the beginning of the season for Zonovan to pick up a few games of starting. Um, so maybe there's some kind of value play there, at least for that first part of the season. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's a good point. How about Kyle Pitts, Matt? He's... Uh... He's going to boom once again. His value is going to continue to soar into the offseason and through the offseason. When we get to kickoff of the 2023 season, it's not going to be surprising when Pitts' name is atop those tight ends. Yeah, and I, I think there might be a little bit of a discount here. Probably not as much as we necessarily think. I think the, the fever for Pitts is still high, I'm sure, pushed by, by guys like, like me out there uh but you know the the peripheral numbers for Pitts, as bad as the season the production of the season was are still very good he at, at the time he went out he was first in tight end air yards first in average depth of target first in targets per route run and uh, seventh in yards per route run so his like it's it's it, I, I truly do believe it's just the the design of the offense to not give enough volume for the passing offense this season and i would hope that that changes in 2023 uh and pitts will be back on track but i don't think there's going to be a ton a ton of a discount there uh if there is i would i would be do, looking to do it but now between now and like the first two to three months of the off season i'm not once we get to like july august that price is going to be back up skyrocketing i think yeah, I think the next few weeks could actually have a big impact on Kyle Pitts' value. I, I talked about Desmond Ritter last week. Dan talked about him a few weeks prior as a as a guy to stash in those one quarterback leagues. And uh, of course, the Falcons are on by this this past week, but uh, did announce that they would be um, turning to Ritter as their starter. And you know, I think if we see. Uh, an increased level of play from that offense as a whole. If, if Ritter has success, if we see Drake London popping up with, you know, a hundred yard game or something like that, I think even that um, could lead to optimism for Kyle Pitts and, and his dynasty value would spike even faster. But ultimately I agree with Matt. I, I think it's not getting back to where it was last off season, at least no. not, you know, not anytime soon, uh, but he's still, he's still going to be very pricey. Certainly. The next name is one of the most interesting ones on this list, I think. It's Rashad Bateman, the second year wide out for the Ravens out of Minnesota. Liz Frank surgery uh, out for the year earlier in the season, and it really changed the dynamic of that Baltimore offense. It felt like they were playing with re replacement level wide receivers, even had to go get Deshaun Jackson to run some routes for him. And now it seems like his value, Ryan, is at an all-time low. When you talk about Rashad Bateman on the trade market, at least at least before the trade deadlines in my leagues, um, there wasn't a lot of excitement about his long-term upside. He's going to have to come out swinging early in 2023 to recover some of his value. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we've, we've talked about him on here, you know, just the fact that he's missed so many games, uh, not only this season, but last season as well. And there's questions about that Ravens offense, as we mentioned earlier. There's questions about Bateman himself as a player. We haven't seen him consistently produce at all on an NFL level. So, yeah, his value is dropping not only because of the injury, but really because of everything 
we've seen from him and and honestly haven't seen from him. Um, he is a player just as a young wide receiver, potential to be the wide receiver one. If his value drops low enough, uh, then he's he's a guy I would gamble on. I think you could buy him right now for a high second rounder. Yeah, I I agree with Ryan. I think he's probably going to be a target of mine. Uh, there's when I look when I look at the trade finder, I try to isolate uh, for specific players. I try to isolate trades where they're kind of the focus of that, and it's kind of hard to do that with Bateman. There's not a ton of trades out there um, in the last and in, in recent uh, history showing that. Uh, but we have trades like Bateman and a third for Fryer moves at a fourth, Bateman and a second for a whole bunch of garbage basically from what i'm looking at right now um so he's gonna he's gonna be a target of mine for sure i think i think uh one move might be it might be a little bit risky but if the ravens do go out and spend a high pick on a wide receiver this season then i think that could push down bateman's value even more but even if that happens unless they get one of the absolute top guys in the class i kind of feel like bateman's still going to be the one there uh, for whatever that's worth in a, in a high volume rushing attack kind of offense um, so there is, I still think there's room for him to, to the bottom to kind of, kind of drop a little bit on him. Um, but he's going to be a target of mine for sure. in that second round range. How about Trey Lance, uh, early season injury for him, bad ankle injury really, and missed the entire season for the most part now goes into this off season. We mentioned it earlier. I think we all three feel Ryan, that he's going to hold on to that job going into next season. The sky is still the limit really for his upside, but more than anything, he's going to need to stay healthy early in 2023. Yeah, I mean, if you think back, I believe that injury was uh, was week two, um, the season ender for, for Trey Lance, and week one was an ugly game for him. You know, I mean, it's important to talk about about Lance and, and really all of these players at this point of the season or at this point of the year, but really the time to buy Trey Lance was two months ago. Um, you know, the closer we get to the off season and, and some teams, as you said, are already there, his value is only going to increase. Uh, I think the Garoppolo injury impacted that. I think the high level of play, I think the acquisition of Christian McCaffrey, all of those things have led to, to Trey Lance ultimately regaining a lot of that value he had last off season. Would you rather at this point have Lance or, uh, you know, one of the top two rookies, CJ Stroud or Bryce Young? Man, that's a good question. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I, I really do think I'd, I'd probably pivot to the rookies at this point. I think both of them are even. I think uh, give me the pick that I would use to get the rookies and let me let me get something else. <laughs> yeah, let, let's. <laughs> That's like that's a good point. You could use just use that pick to get a neither one an option, not any of those three. Right? There are some recent trades: Zach Wilson and a twenty-three first for for Lance. I mean, if it's a, the cost is first and a player that I value at a second round range, I think I'm absolutely buying at that point. Can he pick it for Lance and Algier, Tyler Algier? I think I'll take Trey Lance there. So there are some deals out there still in recent, but I do think, like Ryan said, the time to get the absolute bottom price was was a week or two ago before the Garoppolo injury. Um, now you're probably going to pay a little bit more. But, you know, if the cost is a little bit more than a single first, I think I'm in on that. Uh, who am I kidding? I already got Trey Lance on all my teams. Anyway. <laughs> uh, Javante Williams. It was a lost season for him as well. He got the ACL and an LCL as well. Denver running back looks to be in line to take over that lead role. Once again, Matt, starting next season, probably a new coaching staff still with Russell Wilson, uh, collecting the ball in that backfield and all the money out of that salary cap. So what are your thoughts on Javante? He's a player I'm definitely going to be interested in. I just think the price is probably going to be too high. Uh, I mean, I, I think I'm probably at like a late first maximum, and I'm not sure I really want to pay that. And I don't think anyone is really going to move him for, for less than a, a decent first-round pick. Uh, they, we already know how good he is, the talent that's there. The, the team this year is obviously a, a dumpster fire, but you have to imagine that gets better with a new coach, new coaching staff, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so uh, I'll be interested, but I just don't know if I can get up to the price that, that – uh, managers are going to want to get for him. Yeah, I'm, I'm not buying due to the price, due to the concern for the injury. Uh, as, as you said, it's ACL and LCL, which I believe is similar to, uh, to the J.K. Dobbins injury. So I think uh, 
whether it was a fluke or not, I think Dobbins recovery, uh, Dobbins slow recovery will impact, uh, kind of how we value Javante Williams and some of these other guys that suffered ACL injuries this season as well. Um, and ultimately there's concerns about that Broncos offense as well. We, I mean, we don't have to get into that. They're pretty, they're pretty clear at this point and I'm not sure they change by next season. Maybe sell. It might be a sell conversation we're having as we, as we get close to the 2023 uh, season kicking off if there's good news about Williams uh, Cooper Cup and Matt Stafford let's throw these guys together Cup with the ankle he's done for the year Stafford with the neck and the elbow injury he's done for the year Matt uh, you buying or selling Cooper Cup I, th- I think I want to buy I think if this team was competing if Stafford was healthy he would probably come back for the final few weeks of of the regular final couple of weeks of the regular season here and, and be available for the playoffs as well uh, certainly age is a concern with him. Um, but I just, I, th- I think Stafford's going to come back. I think Cup's going to come back. So I, maybe Sean Payton doesn't come back, but I think these two are both going to be there, and that's what's going to matter is the chemistry between those two. So uh, that early second-round pick, that late first-round pick, if you're a contend- strong contender going into next year, I think is a reasonable price for, for Cooper Cup still. What about – Oh, go ahead. Sorry, I was just going to say, I'm definitely buying Cup, and I'm staying away from Stafford. I won't be surprised if he retires, honestly. Darnell Mooney is was on the on IRR. He's going to miss the rest of the season with the ankle injury. Ryan, you have him on a couple teams. Are you happy to have Darnell Mooney at this point? Um, yeah, I mean, considering what I paid for him, I, I'm okay. fine with that. I, I don't think he's the uh, I don't think he's the wide receiver one or a wide receiver one type player. Um, and, and I think his value kind of reflects that. So I'm fine uh, buying Darnell Mooney. I th- certainly I think that Bears offense is headed in the right direction with the play of Justin Fields. How about Zach Ertz, Matt? He tore his ACL, kind of ugly, ugly ACL injury. I'm willing to buy still um, for a year or two worth of production. To be honest with you, he's a catch and fall down tight end anyway. We're not expecting those big athletic downfield moves. We're looking for five for for 49 and a touchdown out of Zach Ertz. Yeah, I guess like a third round pick, I'd be happy to buy, but I don't, I don't, I don't know if I'd pay anything higher than that. You know, Trey McBride certainly hasn't done anything yet, but he's been getting the the workload. So hopefully that continues to progress. Maybe he's more involved in a a timeshare with Ertz next season. So I think I'm out unless the price is really cheap on Ertz. I think it will be. I think it'll be really cheap. I, I like it. I like those cheap aging veterans that can get you a year or two of production for low cost. Speaking of those guys, uh, Allen Robinson, he, he's hurt too, but I don't know if there's any production left in this one. If he couldn't do it with the Rams, he's probably not doing it anywhere, Ryan. I don't I must have some bias uh, in favor of Allen Robinson. I'm not giving up yet. Um we thought certain certainly thought this was the year, but uh, did did not go that way to say the least. Uh, he's going to be basically free as well. So yeah, I'm I'm probably taking another shot on a Rob. Maybe he can join Sammy Watkins in Green Bay, Dan. Oh boy, uh, El- Kelvin Austin. We talked about uh, in the sleeper stash of the week. He lost his entire rookie season. It really is a shame, Matt. Do you have any hope for his long term upside? Yeah, I, th- I think so. I mean, uh, most leagues, I th- think, don't have more th- or lower picks than a third-round pick, so you probably have to spend a third-round pick to get him or as a throw-in, something like that. But he seems to be an ideal slot receiver with with uh, Pickens kind of becoming the alpha and Deont- Deontay Johnson being that possession receiver. And seems like Austin fits right in there, so why not? How about Matt Coral, uh, Ryan? He had the Liz Frank surgery, but... There, there are people out there that are big fans of him as a as a guy you could develop into an NFL starter. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I wasn't really one of those, um, but at the same time, <laughs> the Panthers haven't uh, they they haven't found an answer at, at the quarterback position certainly this season. So, um, yeah, I mean, in, in a super flex for a third rounder maybe yeah i mean that's that's kind of the the most i'm willing to do not not a player i'm going to be aggressively targeting though they won today so they don't want to have a high pick to get a one of these top quarterbacks it seems like oh they're they're gonna get one there's there's enough of them you know there's enough quarterbacks that they can get one 
Yeah, there, there's going to be a quarterback there at number nine. There's there's more than just the one or two that most people are talking about. Uh, I guess that's that's really it. Did we miss anything, guys? Anything else we need to touch on before we get out of here? Hey, good luck. Good luck in the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking for Ryan and, if and, you're and not, Dan. If- Thanks for listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast. We'll catch you again next week. Thank you for listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Please remember to rate and review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.